welcome to the Mind Tales podcast. We are a fast-growing tech mental health organization here to bring you the insights that you need to boost your emotional health and thrive in your daily life. It's our goal to make quality mental health care both accessible and inclusive. That's why part of our mission is to get discussions, conversations, and debates about mental health going. From psychiatrists to educators, entrepreneurs and community members, we bring you the stories and experiences of health advocates from around the world. And that's what we're going to do today. If you like our episode or have any suggestions for future content, please like it, leave a comment, or connect with us on Instagram at MindTalesOfficial. It makes us so happy to hear from the MindTales community. Danny, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with us today. For our listeners who are eager to know more about you, you have more than 15 years of experience in the marketing industry, and you decided to use this talent and your personal experience with mental health to found a mental health startup called Safe Space. So Safe Space is a platform that seeks to provide well-being and emotional health tools to both companies and also individuals. So we'll chat more about this moving forward. But for now, Danny, tell us more about you. What has your personal journey with mental, with mental health been like? You've been quite open with your relationship and you've shared that you'd like it to inspire others who may be uh, experiencing or struggling with similar challenges. So why is mental health important to you and what motivated you to start Safe Space? So um, first of all, I think mental health, understanding we all have mental health, but not all of us struggle with it. Um, but I was one of those who struggled with it and it sucks. It sucks really, really bad. And I think from looking back at different stages of my life, um, I struggled with chronic pain being from being a teenager. Um, I was diagnosed with depression at the age of 18. Um, Mm. and really from that and looking back now with hindsight, I was medicated, but I wasn't necessarily supported. Um, at that time and I think it really as a you know growing into adulthood finding out or trying to find out who I was at that point it just really left me with quite a shaky foundation Mm -hmm. on which to build you know the next 20 years on so I think I have always been someone that has had a high functioning anxiety I literally um uh you know nobody would necessarily know I, I hide it quite well. I use my anxiety to actually fuel me through the day. Sometimes I'm a person that kind of uh, thrives on tight deadlines and all these mm-hmm. kind of spaces. Which I think for some part of that, I just assumed that that was just my personality. But it wasn't until I had children. Um, I had my first son about five years ago, and that's when the wheels fell off. Um, yeah. I suppose I was working full time in an advertising agency. Um, becoming a new mum was obviously very overwhelming, but I think just a, a big melting pot of challenges, you know, no sleep, yeah. um, you know, no real kind of concept of how to self-care for myself at that point. Yeah. Um, it just became a lot for me to deal with. And I think the sort of turning point was um, I broke down in a client meeting after mm-hmm. receiving some bad feedback, which is the director within a you know really glo- successful global agency was probably not um, expected of me. Yeah. Let's say so. It was really at that point that I knew 
um, that I had to reassess um, part of that, you know, getting help, um, understanding kind of what was going on um, within myself, you mm-hmm. know, more self-awareness. And essentially that's where my journey, you know, my, my kind of recovery from that, um, that part of my life began. Yeah. But I'd also combined that with um, being in the healthcare industry working on kind of the marketing side of the healthcare industry. So that's where I think the two sort of worlds came together um, really for me. And it was then understanding or how can I use what I've been through to help other people, but by doing something that I'm good at, which is marketing. Right. It's incredible to see the work that you're doing right now and just the impact that it has the tangible impact that it has on other people's lives. Um, So what exactly are some of these programs and initiatives that Safe Space provides to corporations and organizations? And would you be okay walking us through what one of these tools looks like? Yeah, so we work with businesses in order to be able to keep the work that we do for the community completely accessible, free of charge. So the work that we do with corporates really is all about us helping organizations to create psychologically safe places of work we spend so much of our time at work and if you're in an environment that you don't have trust that you can't be vulnerable that you don't feel heard supported listened you're not going to feel well number one but also you're not going to work well yeah so for us it was very much about helping organizations to understand that actually investing in mental health is not just good for the people part of the business, it's good for the bottom line of the business too. So we very much help organizations, HR leaders, business owners, first of all, just understand a little bit more from say a strategic place, like a mm-hmm. company culture place, what's happening in their work workforce, and then provide them with resources and tools to support the employees themselves, but also, also to support the employer too so we're looking at a top down and a bottom up way of saying right we've got the organization in the middle the key you know key asset of any organization is their people so how do we help them feel supported and in essence we do that through a very um, preventive and proactive lens Mm -hmm. so usually when we think about mental health support mental health solutions actually what we're thinking about is is reactivity So usually this is when people are struggling with, um, you know, let's say mental illness, if they're struggling with depression, if they're struggling, they will let it get to a certain point, usually the last resort before they reach out. I did, you know, I had to let it get so bad, 20 years of bad before um, Mm -hmm. the wheels fell off and I reached out for help. We're trying to, we're not trying to, we are, we're rebranding mental health rebranding it so it's something that people can engage with more easily and Mm -hmm. understand and buy into more successfully and really it's that engagement again which is that sort of marketing piece where we're trying to help people understand that mental health isn't just this sort of scary dark place that the sort of media portray or that culturally we think of a lot of people confuse again mental health with mental illness and we're helping people to understand that you know, you know, quite a lot of our content isn't focused on depression, anxiety, stress. That's an output. We want to reduce those things. So we talk about areas of our life that could be out of balance, like relationships, like sleep, 
like confidence, like financial well-being. And we right. help employees understand how these areas of their life are functioning and how to get more successful at them in order then to reduce depression, anxiety, and stress. So there's a couple of ways we do that, um, and mainly through um, a support subscription that we offer employees, and that's a chance for them to speak with one of our um, professionals. We use a network of mental health professionals and experts in, in key topic areas like financial well-being and sleep and so on. Wow. And these are anonymous group sessions that run every single day that employees can then um, register, join, and have you know a, a personalized question a challenge a worry answered given context by um, a professional so they don't have to sit through a long webinar they don't have to you know take a course in anything they can yeah. just turn up and say you know for example i'm struggling with bullying in the workforce in the workplace what do i do to deal with this and the professional can then help to give some context around some ways to understand why this is happening and then to give context and maybe some things that they can do in place in order to kind of rise above this and overcome it. Wow, this is so interesting to me. I think, I mean, everything that you're saying is not only, um, it doesn't only feel true, it's also backed up by empirical research as well, um, looking at mental health problems in the workplace and it shouldn't have to be explained through the lens of a financial cost or a financial burden or a health cost to companies, but sometimes that's the one link where you can really show um, that connection. And so, I mean, you're completely right. The personal toll that mental health problems takes on employees could really be eased if they were able to receive the treatment that they, they need or even just the support they need. And so I guess from that sense, mental health care would seem to be some type of an investment. Um, and so what role do you think company culture plays in either boosting or hampering employee mental health? And where does this relationship of healthy work balance, boundary setting, and identity form, uh, identity forming stem from first? Um, could you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, so I think that company culture has a huge role in um, boosting, I'm, I'm not going to say mental health, I'm just saying general health and well-being of the people that work yeah um, in the organization but it also has a role to play in you know that that role the boundary doesn't stop at that employee ripples further than that you know people aren't yeah. islands and exactly. you you know you might know yourself if you've had you know a terrible day at work what do you do you come home and you complain to your partner lover mother brother you yeah. know you tell them about what happened you share and that kind of then will impact their lives. You know, they're trying to help you kind of like navigate yeah. the situation. Also, if you think about the clients that companies work with, if you have a company culture that's quite toxic, the clients are going to absorb some of that toxic toxicity also. Yeah. If you're kind of um, more collaborative in nature, if you're more inspirational and innovative and creative, mm. even with your clients, even with the community around you, you know, the people that service the business as suppliers. Yeah. That's where it goes out past the boundaries of a company. So company culture has a huge role to play, not just in health of individuals, but as a society as a whole. And I think yeah. that's when you see companies that are doing a really good job, how celebrated it is, you know, and how coveted those roles are at that organization. Because we all would work 
you know, life would be better if we're all working at these places that have, you know, a real grasp on this kind of topic. So I think what you'd also find is then that links to the second part of your question about the, the work-life balance, which for the record, I think is a little bit of a myth now. I don't know if there is such a thing as work-life balance. Um, but they definitely allow for and have done like even you know 2019 flexibility um again those other things that we were saying like vulnerability um understanding sort of how trust plays out with their employees so i think this kind of um this whole ecosystem this mm. is why we move to the sort of b2b in the, the the kind of corporate space is because actually organizations have a huge huge role to play and could be you know a huge part of the antidote for yeah. the kind of struggles that we we chance we we all have to go to work in some way exactly this is the system you know so why does it have to be so grueling why does it have to you know be so detrimental to us as a person in order to be able to make the world go around or make profit or you know do whatever these organizations are doing it doesn't have to be that way and like you said there is so much research to back up the the you know the case study to proceed and be an Mm -hmm. organization that's built in this way and i'm all for it you know i don't think everybody's on that train just yet um we've got to remain optimistic um and hope that the catalyst of what we've just been through has going to really and get more organizations with their eyes and ears and minds open to this uh, better way of doing business yeah but let's see we want to talk with the people that already get it you know and we want to help them do better yeah that that makes complete sense to me i also think that um can i just say that i love that your model of approaching wellness starts both from top down but also bottom up I think that there's so much room for communication to get lost specifically within bigger organizations or bigger ecosystems and to be able to find where those tension points are uh, that are, you know, really hampering maybe employee health overall can be really tough to do. Um, So I love that it's such a comprehensive approach towards finding out what those problems could be. Yeah, I think we're, we're definitely in a place where, connectivity and communication has been compromised yeah we are a lot of us are working from home there's you know boundaries have blurred and challenges have risen um you know opportunities have also risen so when we're in in you know we're not in our usual path we're trying to kind of carve a new path at the moment and i think with that comes um comes you know the peaks and troughs of, of anything with with walking on a new path but helping to make sure how we still maintain that connectivity. Now we're in this new, this new phase, this new season. So how do we replicate those more um, informal types of communication that we used to have when we were in a workplace and we're all together, you know, and I'm shouting across the office like, Hey John, you know, um, have you seen this really cool thing that's in the golf news today, you know, versus you, when we're at home and we're in this little isolation, like I'm here in my spare bedroom today, you know, I don't necessarily have that connection even with my safe space team. We have our Slack channel, okay. We have, you know, <laughs> yeah. we have emails, okay. We have Facebook, you know, so we have all these things and these different ways of communicating with each other now that can also lead to overwhelm and exhaustion. Right. 
and you know social isolation is is so you know it's such a great it, it, it's having such a great negative impact on on yeah. individuals at the moment and i think a lot of people thinking like oh i'm not in isolated i have my mother here or my flatmate or my dog or you know my goldfish or whatever i don't feel yeah. isolated but in essence we are we have we are naturally because of what we've just been through struggling with the aftermath of a lot of that yes yes those those smaller spontaneous interactions really do account for a lot thank you for bringing that up it's so important to remember that um and so one of the final questions that we have for you is for you to tell us about your top three tips that you love or that what's your go-to tips for when you're trying to take care of your mental health so my number one is actually i think all of the three of them would be sleep yeah <laughs> agreed <laughs> let's keep it at number one for now um i i have um children i've not slept pretty much a full night in five years and i think you know i understand now why it's a form of torture yeah because you know not having that sleep and i now look back and just like oh why didn't i sleep more it's like, you know before i had kids <laughs> You, you can't look at it that way but I think we sometimes when we're again looking for mental health um, support when we're looking at ways to boost our mental health or maintain our mental health we're always looking for like you know big solutions like how do we find our purpose or how do we you know start our own business and do xyz or how do we you know do all these grand things when actually sleep again from, yeah. from a research perspective but also just we need to overcome this um, attitude of busyness and put rest first. Yeah. We rest and relax and recuperate for a reason in order to, yeah. to have to come out, you know, feeling stronger and more with more clarity and more understanding. And if we're for me, exactly, I don't know if I can speak for everybody else, but when I'm tired. I'm not a great person for sure. Yeah. You know, I'm cranky. I don't have as much energy. Yeah. So then everything else comes so much more difficult. Yeah. So number one is definitely sleep as much as you can, as often yeah. as you can, with great quality. You know, making sure that you know that sort of sleep hygiene mm -hmm. is definitely uh, is definitely practiced. But you know, also baby steps. I suppose that will be number two. But I suppose yeah. I can relate that to number one is don't expect if you're having like four or five hours sleep now to go to having 10 hours sleep tomorrow. Yeah. Look at life in steps. And if you can just get incrementally closer to where you want to be each day with each kind of, then you're moving. You know, it doesn't matter if then you kind of don't do it the next day. Yeah. You can just keep moving slowly with baby steps towards what you're you're trying to do. These kind of micro habits serve us so well yeah and i think we try to run before we can walk a lot of the time and again if you're in a pit of despair with your mental health and you're struggling with things you know you need to make sure you're taking that kind of small gracious approach um out of said pit in order to be able to you know just just kind of feel a little bit more together because giant leaps yes okay they happen on the movies but really yeah the most effective are small steps yeah i 
I mean, I, I completely believe that as well. I mean, it's something that I've tried to implement into my life as well, but just understanding that the cumulative effect of small, small daily consistent steps is really then when you reach a point where you can, you can see how big the transformative impact of it has been. And I think oftentimes we tend to see other people who have reached that point and it makes us think that it seems like one step to take forward, but we don't actually see the hard work behind the scenes, if that's one way to put it, which is like daily consistent um, action in, in moving that ball forward. There's a really great book um, that was a total game changer for me called Atomic Habits okay. by James Yeah. Yeah. And it's exactly this, you know, and this is yeah. kind of why I do talk about it quite a lot because it finally helped to kind of get a little bit of context in my brain. Like I'm always trying to achieve and I am, I'm always an overachiever trying to do this, that and the other all the time. And I'm not getting there. You know, why yeah. is it that I'm not getting there? And that was a book that really helped me to understand that, um, yeah, just getting a little bit closer, 1% better exactly. you know, is, is going to, you're going to get there eventually. So that was a good sort of learning for me. Exactly. And I think the third one, I think the third um, tip is self-awareness. Mm. And I think this is something that I don't know whether it's just like a, a modern day trend that we've got, got ourselves into, but we, we don't, when we truly dig deep, seem to really know who we are authentically, you know, what's important to us, what matters. Yeah. And again I suppose that's a journey too and it's really about just starting to listen to yourself and your body yeah. and have compassion for yourself and your thoughts and it's it definitely has been something that throughout all of the safe space content that we've ever produced every session that we've had it all seems to come back to this point or have some element mm. of knowing yourself and being yeah. aware of what feels good for you or what's um you know what's what are some non-negotiables for you or what your boundaries yeah. might be and i think we need to get back in touch with ourselves um in yeah. some sense and it was funny because when i started um this uh, this was this kind of path it was actually through like a mastermind group that i was doing at mm -hmm. the time and one of the questions was what are your values and i kind of looked at the question and i kind of had my pencil in my hand I was like right okay what are my values what are my values and I actually ended up googling if one was to have values what would one's values be yeah because I literally had no idea I had uh -huh. no idea what my values were I have no values no idea what that actually meant in context yeah I had no idea on how to like you know articulate what they were because I was so yeah. far away from myself at that point I didn't know whether I valued honesty integrity and you yeah. know insert other values here it just it was just not something that was on my horizon so starting to understand a little bit about what's important to you is goes a really long way when you're on a journey like this because you can make sure that that journey is going to be authentic and essentially that's mm -hmm. what's going to resonate better mm -hmm. and also once you have that awareness it's also almost like you're transferring from an outcome-driven life to more of a value-driven one because there's no one outcome that can just stop you from, from living out those values, so to say. Um, yeah. There's always another way to bring them forward. So true, very, very true. Great, what, what a 
what an enlightening way to end this conversation. Um, thanks so much, Danny. That's, uh, that's all for MindTales right now. We will definitely put uh, links to Safe Space, your profiles, where other people can follow the wonderful work that you've been doing and will continue to do um, in the description below. Um, so thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for tuning in to the MindTales Collective. If there were any questions that stood out to you, don't let these conversations stop here. Share your thoughts with your family and friends or send over a quick message to us on Instagram to share your thoughts with us. And don't forget to hit the follow button. You can find us at MindTales Official. We know it's been a tough year. We want to remind you to check in on how you're feeling and ask for help if you need it. Remember, self-care is more than a band-aid. Your mental health is important. Stay tuned for more content next week. Take care and talk to you soon.